Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about our live stream church services, the Walk in Truth podcast, how to donate, and how to find us on social media when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael and part two of his teaching in 1 Chronicles 12.32 called Understanding the Times. Here is another mention of government and the role of the church as we deal with government. 1 Timothy 2, keep turning to your right. And here's what Paul says, verse 1. First of all, then, I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgivings, 1 Timothy 2.1, be made on behalf of all men, for kings and all who are in authority, so that we, the church, may lead a tranquil and quiet life. Doesn't that sound wonderful? Tranquility and quietness. In all godliness and dignity. This is good and acceptable in the sight of our God and Savior, of God our Savior, who, notice his desire, his desire is that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. For there's one God and one mediator, one go-between, also between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, the testimony given at the proper time. Now, this second scripture is a scripture about the role of prayer and the church being a witness to even the governing authorities. God desires that all men be saved, whether it's a king or a governor or a president. And we should be praying based upon 1 Timothy 2 for government leaders, whether we agree with them or not, whether we see eye to eye with them or not, because our main job, please hear me, brethren, our main job on this planet is not to win a political debate, but to win souls. Now, we do understand that the two are not mutually exclusive. Sometimes there's goofy arguments and extremes taken in the church where because we're the church, we have no involvement in politics. That's simply not true. You look at the history of the country, and you know that's not true. You look at the history of God using people in pagan courts and government, and you know it's not true. Daniel in the pagan courts of uh, Babylon and Persia. Nehemiah as the cupbearer of the king in the, in the government of Persia. Moses defying the pharaoh in Egypt. And taking him on and saying, let my people go. Daniel, when there was an edict that no one could pray to the king for 30 days, or to any God except the king for 30 days, Daniel goes and prays. He defies the governmental edict. He opens his windows, Daniel chapter 6, toward Jerusalem and prays. He ends up in a lion's den because of it. But he said, no, I will obey God rather than man. And we could see this also in the three Hebrew youths earlier in Daniel 3. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. We know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, although we should know their Hebrew names. And Nebuchadnezzar wants everybody to bow down to his colossal statue. And what do the three Hebrew youths do? They defy the governmental order because they won't break the first and second commandments of the Ten Commandments. You won't. You are not to bow down. You're not to have another God. You're not to bow down before an idol. And these are in uh, very prominent world empires where the people of God had to take stands. 
but they also were willing to give on things that were not commandments. Obviously, they had to go with the flow with a lot of things. Someone like a Daniel or uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. They had to give. Of course, in some cases, they were in captivity. They had to deal with the government of their time. Jesus was asked about paying taxes to Caesar. He asked for the coin. Show me the money. Whose image is on the coin? Caesar. Then render to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. And to, let's not miss this part, and to God what belongs to God. So notice the tension there. We do pay taxes. We honor the governing authorities. But we uh, ultimately, our ultimate allegiance is to God. And we render the honor due to God, which is our ultimate responsibility as believers. So you can see Romans 13. You can see 1 Timothy 2. And let me show you one more. It's in 1 Peter 2, which you've got to keep turning to your right. 1 Peter 2. And Peter now takes up the argument. If you've read or studied the book of 1 Peter, you know it's written to a suffering church. It has the famous apologetics verse of 1 Peter 3.15 that we're to give a defense and sanctify Christ as Lord and share our hope with a hurting world, even if we're hurting. And in chapter 2 of 1 Peter, Peter writes, this is verse 12, 1 Peter 2.12, keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles. Gentiles often is a synonym for unbelievers. So that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds, 1 Peter 2.12, as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution. Every human institution includes authorities like police officers. It includes submission to uh, church leaders, to governing authorities, to school teachers and principals. It's every human institution here, whether to a king as the one in authority or to governors, 14, as sent by him, notice, for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. Now, in my Bible, I circled punishment and praise because, once again, the purpose of government is laid out. Government is to punish evil and to praise good. It's to stem the tide of evil and to promote the good. So think with me, Bible students. The, the Bible assumes that government will be right. Now, in 1 Peter 2, Peter will go on to say that if you're in a tough situation at work, if you're in a tough situation in a marriage, to continue to endure and even to submit when it gets difficult. But remember, there is a line. And remember that government's role is still to promote what is good and punish evil. For such is the will of God, 15, that by doing right, you may silence the ignorance of foolish men. Act as free men and do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as bond slaves of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Now, I could go on in 1 Peter 2, but I think you've, you've got the governing interaction now, the, how the church is to interact with governing authorities and how we're to position ourselves as citizens of a given country. For us, it's the United States of America. And so we have uh, governing authorities that we've 
voted into office. You may not have voted for current people who are in certain offices, but there they are. And so that, that is some of the tension that's before us is how are we to respond to governing authorities? How do we understand the times and what are we to do? Now the Bible tells us in Proverbs 9.10 that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And in Ephesians 5.15 and 17, Paul writes that we are to understand what the will of the Lord is. We're not to be unwise, but wise. We're to understand, I'm paraphrasing Ephesians 5, 15 and 17, what is pleasing to the Lord. We're to walk wisely. We're to make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. So now we look at us as a church and we look at decisions that we're making and we have to ask about our citizenship in heaven and how do we weigh that against our citizenship of the United States of America because we are citizens of the kingdom of God? You can write down Philippians 3.20. Let's move to a second plank. Our First, we looked at passages that have to do with the government. Let's, look at, uh, let's consider a couple of passages that have to do with defying governmental orders. And let's start in Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. We're moving to a second plank in this sermon, and that is, is there ever a time when we say no to government? Is there ever a time when we say, no, that, that crosses the line? You'll recall, and this is a famous one that you've probably heard before, strict orders are given to the apostles to preach no more in the name of Jesus. And they respond, Acts 5.29. Peter, who's now filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, and the apostles answered, we must, Acts 5.29, obey God rather than men. You've probably heard that verse before, and that is a, a premise for a lot of the arguments on there's a time for civil disobedience. The apostles demonstrate that time, and it has to do with a gospel command. If someone tells you you can't preach Jesus Christ anymore, you preach Jesus Christ anyway, and you deal with what happens. Now, we have to walk in wisdom, obviously, and the early church did that. But right here, they say we must obey God rather than man. Now, let's walk this out to our current situation of understanding our time. We haven't been able to gather in person, but we have some things to celebrate, do we not? We have unprecedented numbers of people watching live streams of multiple churches. We've had major numbers in the thousands of views. A typical Sunday morning at Living Truth, you know, we have with children and everything, six, seven hundred people come in here. Well, we've had over a thousand people watching our uh, online services as Sundays go out. We've had our Wednesday night services have hundreds and hundreds of views. Other churches have reported phenomenal numbers. God has certainly used this unique time to reach out to people via live stream. And for those of you who are out of state, I know you've been asking, we're going to continue to live stream at least one of our services to you because you're our family and we love you and we're so glad that you're with us if you're in another state right now. So what is the government keeping us from right now that we would say is a biblical command? Well, most people are going to Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. And here's what it says. Let me just read it. You don't have to turn there. Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, Hebrews 10, 25. Not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more 
as you see the day drawing near. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Life on the go can make it difficult to catch up on your study in the Bible. If you think about it, Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance is here for you, kind of like a daily supplement to help your spiritual growth. You can listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want because it's on podcast too. Subscribe to Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. For example, if you have an iPhone, we're on your iPodcast app already on your phone. Walk in Truth is also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. So listen on your hike, during your drive, or while you're getting work done at a coffee shop. Basically, listen whenever you want. Subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Hey, Shane Lance here, and I wanted to take a quick moment and encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer. This is a quick read from scripture with a little bit of commentary, and it's a great way to keep you growing in your walk with the Lord. In our crazy society right now, with all the things we jam-pack into our schedule, I'll be the first to admit that sometimes it's hard to find time to study God's Word. But it is so important as we grow in our relationship with the Lord to study His Word. It's such a vital aspect to our walk. You can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. Again, that's Step Closer as one word to 33222. We really believe here at Walk in Truth that this can be a great instrument in helping you grow in your relationship with the Lord. So once again, we'd encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer, and you can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. Strict orders are given to the apostles to preach no more in the name of Jesus. And they respond, Acts 5.29. Peter, who's now filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, and the apostles answered, We must, Acts 5.29, obey God rather than men. You've probably heard that verse before, and that is a, a premise for a lot of the arguments on there's a time for civil disobedience. The apostles demonstrate that time, and it has to do with a gospel command. If someone tells you you can't preach Jesus Christ anymore, you preach Jesus Christ anyway, and you deal with what happens. Now, we have to walk in wisdom, obviously, and the early church did that. But right here, they say we must obey God rather than man. Now, let's walk this out to our current situation of understanding our time. We haven't been able to gather in person, but we have some things to celebrate, do we not? We have unprecedented numbers of people watching live streams of multiple churches. We've had major numbers in the thousands of views. A typical Sunday morning at Living Truth, you know, we have with children and everything, six, seven hundred people come in here. Well, we've had over a thousand people watching our uh, online services as Sundays go out. We've had our Wednesday night services have hundreds and hundreds of views. Other churches have reported phenomenal numbers. God has certainly used this unique time to reach out to people via live stream. And for those of you who are out of state, I know you've been asking, we're going to continue to live stream at least one of our services to you because you're our family and we love you and we're so glad that you're with us if you're in another state right now. So what is the government keeping us from right now that we would say is a biblical command? Well, most people are going to Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, and here's what it says. Let me just read it. You don't have to turn there. Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, Hebrews 10, 25. 
not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, those who are looking at Scripture and trying to understand our times and know what we should do are saying, hey, the government's keeping us from meeting with one another. Well, let's, let's back up for a second and try to calm down for a second and realize at first, I think this was done, let's just give the benefit of the doubt, to protect health. And I'll reiterate that our greatest concern is loving and caring for the flock of Jesus that he's entrusted to our care. That's the heart of every leader here. So we quickly went with that flow and realized, you know, this is what we need to do. But now, as time is dragging on, we're asking questions about, well, how could this be considered essential and this not? And they, whoever the they may be, wherever you live, are keeping us from meeting together. And we want to be considered essential because we minister to the soul. And we want to honor our God. And we want to assemble together. And Hebrews 10.25, are we disobeying it by not being together? This is just what we've been wrestling with. And I'll say this to you. Hebrews 10.25 was written to a persecuted Hebrew people that some, some of whom had moved away from Christian fellowship for the fear of persecution. That's why they were no longer assembling. Because in the first century, if you confess Christ, you could be booted out of the synagogue. You could lose your property. As we read in Hebrews 11, the very next chapter, there was persecution. There was a cost to meet. As much of our brethren around the world knows that cost in underground churches. So some people stayed away for fear of persecution. Here, some people are staying away for fear of a virus, and we know what's happened. And I want to tell you that when we reopen, you're going to have to wrestle with this and make a personal decision. No one's going to force you to come to church. No one has to go to a church. You're going to have to decide before the Lord what you're going to do. Now, I know that many of you have already voiced your heart, and you want to be here, and that's that's understandable, and it's wonderful, and we all want to be together. But I don't want anybody to feel undue pressure. If you have an underlying health concern, if you, know, you want to navigate a little bit more slowly to returning to corporate worship, that's up to you and your individual conscience. But I'm laying the arguments before you so you can wrestle with them. So here we have this classic case in Acts 5.29. We must obey God rather than man. There's a higher law. And Hebrews 10.25 is on the table because right now we are not meeting together. Now, would God understand if we didn't gather, if we knew that everybody was going to get sick if we gathered? I think God obviously is going to give us grace there. He wants us to be well. But now we're getting to the point where we're beginning to wonder, how long will this go on? And are, are we disobeying Scripture? And Again, I'll, I'll have you wrestle with that. We're not being told we can't preach the gospel, right? Services are streaming. The gospel is going out. That's good news. However, there is concern about our fellowship, about uh, other passages that I could put before you. Now, the Bible says, and this is a, a different context, but let me just put it before you, that we should use the law lawfully. And there were times in the New Testament records in the book of Acts where there was an appeal to the law 
or even to the higher courts. In our land right now, there's courts of appeal and there's even the Supreme Court. And often what happens is if there's a court case that goes on, somebody sues somebody else, the, the case can go up all the way to the Supreme Court, to the Court of Appeals and all the way up to the Supreme Court. Well, you might be surprised to know, and some of you are not, that Paul made such an appeal in Acts 22. Let's flip over there. We continue to wrestle with how we navigate these times. Let's take a look at how Paul used the law. Paul was a Roman citizen, and uh, citizenship in Rome was not easy to acquire if you were not a natural citizen, but Paul was. And this is Acts chapter 22. Let's pick it up in verse 25. Paul was in Jerusalem. Uh, a lot of people wanted to take him out. There was a, a riot. And Paul is now, uh, I think he's in the, the barracks here. When they stretched him out, Acts twenty two twenty five 25, with thongs, Paul said to the centurion who was standing by, notice, is it lawful or legal for you to scourge a man who is a Roman and uncondemned? Other versions say a Roman citizen. And uncondemned, hasn't had a trial. When the centurion heard this, Acts twenty-two twenty-six, he went to the commander and told him, saying, What are you about to do? For this man is a Roman or a Roman citizen. The commander came and said to him, Tell me, are you a Roman? Are you a citizen? He said, Yes. The commander answered, I acquired this citizenship with a large sum of money. And Paul said, But I was actually born a citizen. Therefore, those who were about to examine him immediately let go of him. And the commander also was afraid when he found out that he was a Roman citizen and because he had put him in chains. And then uh, you can read on from there. He was uh, released and so forth. Paul, about to be beat unlawfully, used the law lawfully. Is it legal for you to beat a Roman citizen without a trial? Oh, you're a Roman citizen. Oh, we're going to keep the law. So there is nothing wrong, walk the argument out now, there's nothing wrong with a U.S. citizen using the law lawfully. And you may have heard that lawsuits are flying everywhere against governing authorities, against this and that, and it's coming from everywhere. Some churches have sued the authorities, and there's small businesses, and there, if you watch the uh, Board of Supervisors meeting the last <laughs> couple of them the last week, hours and hours of testimony and emotional pleas and uh, my business and my concerns and this and that. And look, there, the, the cool thing about the government of the United States of America is it's a government for the people and by the people. You've been listening to Understanding the Times, part two on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael's teaching in First Chronicles 1232. And if you'd like to watch the video of this teaching, which also includes a time of worship, you can subscribe to the Living Truth Christian Fellowship YouTube channel. Visit walkintruth.com and click on church, or just find us on your YouTube app. And make sure you click on the bell after you subscribe to the YouTube channel, because then you'll be notified every time Pastor Michael goes live. Like tomorrow evening, every Wednesday night at 7 p.m., our church has a service that you're invited to join. Have you subscribed to the free Walk in Truth podcast yet? We're on apps like iHeartRadio, iPodcast, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcast. Basically, Walking Truth is wherever you get your podcasts. So do that today, and you can listen to previous programs you might have missed. 
like last week's podcast of our 633 event, Navigating the Times, where we're talking about the coronavirus pandemic. So subscribe to Walk in Truth wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, as we think about understanding the times and how Christians react to the governing authorities, let's remember that we've been called to pray for those who are in governing authorities and pray for their salvation. And we need to be good citizens and be thinking about how we can bless society and uh, how we can uphold those who are in positions of authority in prayer and encouragement. And, you know, we have so many incredible liberties. And when our liberties are infringed upon, we need to handle that with biblical direction and prayer and wisdom. And that's what I pray that you're you're ferreting through as you think about all the different perspectives inside the church and outside the church. Let's be praying. Let's realize that there's a battle behind the battle, which is spiritual warfare. Let's keep in prayer, not be divided, and make sure that we're honoring our Lord and our conduct. That's so important to remember. Well, hey, I'd like to invite you to tomorrow night's Wednesday service here at Living Truth Christian Fellowship. We are live streaming on YouTube. You can find our YouTube channel when you go to walkintruth.com. Click on the church tab, walkintruth.com. Join us for an incredible study called Returning from Captivity. Fitting, isn't it? (laughs) Returning from Captivity in the book of Ezra. A great Bible character, a very forgotten book, but so relevant for our times. The book of Ezra, Wednesday nights on our YouTube channel. We'll see you there. God bless you. We'll catch you tomorrow. And one more thing. Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your $5 donation is so appreciated. Please give your donation at walkintruth.com. And come back tomorrow for part three and the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Chronicles 12.32 called Understanding the Times. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.